welcome to the latest episode of The Player's Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. My name is Alan O'Mara, a former Cavan goalkeeper now working as a performance and wellbeing consultant with sports and business leaders around the world. And as host of this podcast, I'm delighted to be joined this week by Kerry's Martin Stackpool, who opened up in great detail about his gambling addiction and his recovery. He talks about the struggle to reach out for help, what he learned from spending time in a treatment centre, and how much he is enjoying living life on his own terms again. This podcast series is part of Bio360, a GPA programme that empowers inter-county players across four key areas, life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that if you are a GPA member and are worried about problem gambling, please call 1-800-989285 or you can text GPA to 50808 from the Republic of Ireland. From Northern Ireland, please call 0800-044-5059 or you can text GPA to 85258. If you aren't a GPA member and do need support, please check out gamblersanonymous.ie or problemgambling.ie. But for now, please enjoy this incredible episode of The Player's Voice with Martin Stackpole. Martin Stackpole, you're very welcome to The Player's Voice. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. No, real pleasure. And it's definitely a conversation I'm very much and I have been looking forward to having with you. I know you've had club commitments and different things going on and we've delayed it a couple of times. So great to have you today. Delighted to be sitting down with you. Where in the world are you? Are you coming to me from? Are you and Kerry? I am. I'm, I'm at home in Lixland. I'm in my sister's house now, away from the away from the dog and away from the mother cooking the dinner. So I I have a few quiet minutes, a few quiet moments. Great. No, I'm I'm delighted with that. It's uh, it wouldn't be the first time that we've had guest appearances from dogs in a couple of episodes. I was talked to Mary Hulgrain recently. The dog popped in, and I'm pretty sure Fanula Carr had a dog knocking around as well. But uh, thanks for quite finding a quiet spot, Martin. Um, I suppose I just start like, how's life? What are you up to? Kind of what's going on at the moment? Yeah, life is good, Alan. Life is good at the moment. Um, getting ready now for college again next Monday. Heading into second year there in psychology in Limerick. So looking forward to that now again, getting back into getting getting back into that routine again. Um I found a great routine last year. Um, you know, kinda heading to the library. I did it from the very start and it just it just kinda stuck with me then like and really benefited me, I felt. Whereas if I was if I was chasing my tail from the very start, like I'd 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 be stressed to the gills, you know. I'd be oh, I'd be awful to be around, I think. And then you were saying, so you're in second year of psychology in UL, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Alan. Um, so I was going to ask you then, obviously, you've your first full year done. Kind of like, what age are you now, Martin, actually, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 33 now at the minute. Okay, brilliant. So then, and and I'm right in saying this is your first time in college, like you hadn't, you didn't go to college when like you're like, it is a teenage in your 20s, so you made a decision as like an adult to go back to school, is that right? I did, I did. I um, When I finished school, Alan, I, I would have went straight into uh, an apprenticeship. So straight into a trade. And I guess at at thirty years of age then, just the way life took me, you know, I I I had a good job, uh well paid job, you know, didn't hate it but didn't love it and mm-hmm. just decided to, you know, try something that I really was passionate about and, and loved. And 
I wasn't sure about college. It was it was it was overwhelming me. Like, don't know, would I be would I be able for it? Would I be good enough? Like, don't know that I that I've been away from school f- for so long. And I did a I did a level five course, a level five uh, social studies course, which which had a lot of psychology in it. And it really, you know, got me ready for 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 college and showed me what it's all about. You know, regarding assignments and. I suppose being punctual about assignments and and that academic writing, which I wouldn't have been used to, and I think without that, I I would have struggled if I'd made the decision to go to go straight into it. It really benefited me, and I'm I'm delighted really with the with the decision I made at that time. Oh, that's brilliant! Like it's it's great to hear. Like and then they come into that decision, and you kind of touched upon it there. That kind of whether it's that built in like self doubt or stigma of you shouldn't do that or can I do that. Um, was that something you navigated yourself at the time, Martin? Like, were you talking to people about it, kind of exploring it before you went and did the level five, or was it kind of something you decided that you wanted to do for yourself? I spoke to I spoke to a good few people about Alan because, like you said, there you can be your own self critic at times, you know, and you can you can catastrophize things in your head, you know, you can, you know, really really doubt yourself and just think the worst. And I guess when you when you speak to you know, a few people about it, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll lay their cards on the table and, you know, tell you as, as it is and, you know, they all can't be wrong. You know, and it's, it's just kind of stepping stones really, like the, I think the level five was the right thing to do. I think uh, it was a bit early, especially, I was in early recovery at the time, you know, to be jumping into college and these assignments and, you know, this big college that I wasn't used to and, you know, it could have overwhelmed me like, and, you know, put me on the back foot. So, Slow and steady kind of wins the race, really. And that's that's the way I did it. And what was it like then to to find yourself kind of back sitting in that classroom with your notebook out in front of you? I'm sure you're on a laptop and notes. Like, was it a kind of a strange experience to find yourself back or, or just in that world? It was. It was strange. It was something new to me. Um, now, in fairness, there there was a couple of a couple of more mature students and we're kind of uh, we're kind of hanging together, you know, we're we're. We're kind of pulling each other along, but um, you know the young crowd are great as well. Like the 17, 18, 19 year olds, you know, they're God, they're highly, highly intelligent. Like, but they're they're uh, you know they're a great help as well. I feel in 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 that field, especially psychology, you know, we're all kind of helping each other and kind of talking it out and you know kind of debating things really and bettering each other really. It's a it's a it's a great environment to be in. Yeah, I think it's like it's always. It's always so refreshing and good to hear from people who are like, you know, sometimes in the traditional sense, like have evolved on around your 30s. I know when we spoke to Lee Keegan on one of these episodes as well, Martin, like he was said going back to college and like he said it was like the hardest thing he's ever done. Like he found that harder than playing in front of like thousands of people, you know, and I think you touched upon it there with like the self-doubt and the, the kind of worry. But I think what you described also what I heard there, Martin, is that like doing the level five kind of let you kind of build confidence in yourself and kind of in what you were on the path that you were taking. And then it's kind of helped push you forward into like a, because you're a full-time study now, right? You're a full-time student? Yeah, full-time student. Yeah. Like there was, there was, I guess, a couple of awkward situations, awkward conversations, probably awkward on my behalf, you know, when, when you meet kind of, when you meet lads you haven't met in a while and they're asking, you know, are you still working in this place or that place? And you're like, I'm going back to college and they're, they're kind of looking at you, you know, you're, what age are you? You know, that kind of thing. But, uh, I was kind of very open-minded about it, like, and, you know, I guess I can't change what anyone else thinks and, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. 
it's not matters no, what I want to do and what I what I think really. So tell us a little bit then about that decision. I know, look, you've touched upon it. You just mentioned earlier that you were in recovery at the time. Like, tell us a little bit about the kind of driver of, I suppose, that decision to go back to college to explore psychology. Kind of what was as a like as a life goal or as a career path or whatever it is. Like, what was drawing you to kind of pivot and go down and go down that path? So that when you have those conversations in the street and someone looks at like you like you've got five heads or that you're mental, that like you know the answer. Like, what was kind of driving that decision for you then? Uh, I guess as 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 I just touched on, I I was in early recovery from uh, compulsive gambling. You know, I I had I had looked for help. You know, and and attended a treatment centre. And God, it was the best thing I've ever done. You know, the best thing I've ever done. I I learned so much about myself and you know my behaviours and you know why I did what I did and um and I suppose about addiction in general and. You know, God, the people inside there, like, were amazing, you know, to watch, like, the, I suppose, how well they were. A lot of them were, were, were in recovery themselves, you know, the people working there. And, you know, they were just so well, you know, and I wanted that, like, and, and you know, that's that's a constant goal for me. And then, you know, just helping people. Like, I know, I know it's 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 a huge thing out there, you know, gambling and, and addiction and... I feel with my experience, my life experience of it, you know, I, I can identify with a lot of people, they can identify with me and, you know, I want to get them out of that, you know, that dark place that you can get yourself into and, you know, all the trouble and all all, all that, you know, that hole that you feel you just can't dig your way out of. You know, there is, there is, there is light, like there is avenues, there is steps out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why, why we're, well, excuse me, while we're talking today is that like you have been on your journey, you still are on your journey, like going back to college is part of your journey as well. You know, you talk about like that, that personal development, the self-awareness, the upskilling, wanting to give back, like in a way that is, that's part of your journey and find a new way to kind of evolve and to better yourself. And like, I think it's just so amazing. And I know we'll come to kind of the recovery side of it and the gambling shortly, but just to kind of, the fact that you're at a place day, today, we're able to sit down and have this chat with me. You're back in college full time, studying psychology with a view to going on to help people. I just think that's so inspiring, Martin. Like I think it's so, like when you go on the journey that you have done, like to be at a place well enough to be able to kind of see past the the black that's been surrounding you for ages and see light and actually feel warmed and feel light. And I hope sitting here today, you are at that place kind of where you're feeling some of that and know that you're kind of hopeful. Um, like just, just doing like, being in the like being in the course for psychology, does that make you like more hopeful for the future? And you see kind of that like it's an investment in yourself for like what's around the corner. Absolutely, yeah. It it it, you know, I can see a goal at the end of it, like, and it kind of drives me, you know, to, you know, to keep going and keep, you know, bettering myself, you know, and like first year don't know, you know, second year, you know, go and attack that and keep learning, and you know that won't be long going. Like like the four years won't be long going, and then. You know, there might be another step after that. You know, we'll see. We won't. We won't look too far into the future. Yet. <laughs> um, and if I if I could jump back a bit, then, Aaron, so like in terms of when you realised you needed help individually, like at the start of your recovery process, you mentioned there was compulsive gambling going on. So, like, when did it kind of? When did you realise yourself like you needed help? Like, what year was that? Kind of what stage of life was that for you? I think, Alan. Um, I knew for a long time, you know, that that it was an issue, like and a and a and a problem. But 
I don't think I was ready really to, to throw in the towel, you know, I was maybe throwing in three three corners of the towel, like, you know, I was still holding on to that one corner. Um, I just had to get to a place, like, where I was done, you know, I, I was, you know, I was sick of being sick, like, I, I, I was, I was broken from it, you know, mentally, like, emotionally, you know, f physically at times. Um, and I, I wanted out of life, really. You know, I, I couldn't see myself not gambling. You know, it 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 just had a a stranglehold on me. Like it was it was, it was it was in control. I was not in control. Like and 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 my life was unmanageable. Um, I I just got the courage. I just got the courage one day to to ask for help. I I just sent a, a WhatsApp message to a member of staff there with the GPA, and you know, avenues started to open. Things started to happen, and. You know, look today, like I, I, I've, I've a fantastic life, and I could never, I could never envisage that. Like, it's incredible. Like, obviously, that, like you said, you did find that that courage to reach out for help, and I think you kind of alluded to it there, Martin. That like often people like will bounce around kind of in the struggle and in the blackness or in the darkness, but there's kind of a sense of needing to reach that like rock bottom or that kind of moment where the penny drops of okay, like we've, I've got to do something to. To, to move forward here like literally just a couple weeks ago like Mary Hillgrain talked about it from an addiction and a different point of view like with regards to drugs and alcohol and just hitting that moment one day I've been like I wonder what life would be like if I did stop drinking or I did stop taking drugs you know um, and like you said there like if there was compulsive gambling going on was this over a period of years Martin is that fair to say kind of from what you're saying yeah I, I think it'd be close to 20 years Alan I would have started very young like okay and that just w was that like just the classic kind of start off with a little small bet with family or with friends and then just kind of it built from there as you kind of got older. Yeah, that was it. I would have went to the bookies maybe 10, 11, 12 like with my father. He would have he would have been going in there kind of as a social kind of element, you know, meeting my uncles inside there and his friends. And it just I kind of. <laughs> I used to use the phrase that I fell in love with it, like, but, you know, I've learned since, like, that if, if you love something, it shouldn't destroy your life like that. But, um, and I kind of glamorised it, really. You know, I, and it, it, it's, I guess, like, I, I've done so much work in myself, you know, in, in, in the treatment centre and since, you know, regarding, you know, going back to childhood and stuff, it was, it was, it was, it was an escape for me. You know, it was an escape. It was, it was a, it was an emotional problem rather than a financial problem, even though, you know, there was obviously lots of money involved. Yeah, definitely. Like a, I think that's, it's probably pretty consistent to, I've been very lucky on this podcast series, Martin, like I've, I've spoken to Niall McNamee specifically about gambling addiction. I've spoken to Con Patrick as well, who had his own experiences of it. And there is usually those, like it starts off with like that, I suppose the innocence or like the little buzz or the little hit. And then in terms of, it becomes more of, it's an emotional escape, I think, of something Niall McNamee would have said when we spoke to him, you know. Um, and I suppose, like, without kind of getting into the, like, the weeds of kind of, you know, the gambling and the level of it, and it, because I, I don't think we need to talk about that, Martin. Like, what I was curious about, and let's say there's someone listening to this, be it another player or just someone else that's sitting at home now with, maybe they have a partner with addiction or maybe they're struggling themselves. 
when you're going through that chaos and kind of you kind of start getting a sense of I think I do need a bit of help or I could maybe get help here what's the barriers at that point in terms of like you know what's stopping you from when those ideas or those thoughts start presenting themselves of maybe I should get help like what squashes that or what was the what was the barrier on that for you in that window if that makes sense yeah it does my ego would have been the barrier, definitely, Alan. You know, I would have seen it as a weakness. I didn't want people to know that that's that's I was struggling with this, and uh, because I I had, I suppose, formed this identity like of of you know a hurler. Like I suppose down down here in North Kerry, you know, there's just a a small pocket of clubs. Like, and you know, we'd we'd be all known around the place, and like whenever my name is mentioned, you know, oh, he's the goalie, he, he he's the Kerry goalie, that kind of thing. Like, and um. I thought that would destroy that, you know. The I guess the hurling kept me going as well, you know. It 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 had me something to live for, really, you know. I had that other side, even though I was living a double life, you know. This one, this one on the side was going well, like most of the time, the yeah. the hurling. But it was it was my ego that stopped. It was my ego that stopped me. Like I remember, like when I look back, you know, losing money in the bookies or online, you know. There's kind of maybe a gap of. You know, maybe twenty minutes when you're promising yourself and you're, you know, swearing to God like that you'll, I'll never do this again. You know, I'll never do this again. You know, why do I do this? And like you might have a message wrote out to someone or something, but I, I never sent it. You know, I, ne- I never sent it. Right. You know, and that could have, you know, that could have broke the link in that change. You know, it might not, but I, I never sent it. You know, and like fifteen, twenty minutes later, I'm, I'm, I'm back looking for money again or to, to go again or looking at tomorrow's racing or something like that you know there was when I look back there was windows you know where where there was a chance I suppose to kind of let someone else in you know because it was so kind of secretive really and that's because you like you mentioned ego there Martin and then obviously like the athletic the athletic identity part of you and that sense of being known or having a like a perception of how you're meant to present as like you know a leader or tough like it's ultimately like some of that athletic side or the athletic density side of you is kind of stopping you from being the kind of vulnerable asking for help and it's that kind of almost like a push-pull going on between them um, to a point where and again correct me if I'm wrong here where like the little balls bouncing over and back or the two voices are going at it and then you kind of just step back into the cycle that you just came out of and do it again like is that kind of what was what was happening? Yeah absolutely you explained it perfectly yeah. there do you know it, it, it's like it was a rerun every day same thing was happening you know same thing was happening it was just I just couldn't get out of it and it just you know a day turns into a week a week turns into a month so now months turn turn into years and you know it it never gets better it, you know it just keeps getting worse mm. how do you like when you reflect back on that time as a whole like how do you how do you like what do you remember of it or kind of what was like your feelings around kind of yourself and kind of when you look back on that time to try and like summarize it for I suppose for yourself but also for anyone who's listening trying to understand that kind of spell of life when you're in addiction and when like you described earlier like when it has its full grip never mind around you like it's on your throat and it won't let go um you know I was always chasing something you know I was always chasing something I thought it was I thought it was money like and financial figures you know and you know, I guess it was in a sense, but I guess when I look deeper, like it, it was, um, you know, I, I suppose I felt useless myself. You know that I, that I was no good, and um, you know, self worth and self self esteem very low. Like, and I, I thought if you know, I'd all this money, like that, you know, I'd have loads of friends, like, and 
you know, often often there are nights like I'd I'd go into we say the local bar like, you know, with 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 wads of money and buy you know, buy loads of people drink like just so they'd like me, you know, that kind of thing like. That's what I was ch chasing, you know, and it was it's you know, it's it's artificial validation really, you know, for yourself because it only lasts, you know, a short period of time and you know, you're looking for it again. You know, you're just trying to fill this hole inside you, which, you know, can't be done that way, like. Yeah, and that's, I think sometimes as well, like, when that kind of, like, that hole's inside you is how you described it. Like, you know, you go chasing and say, does the money aspect of it or that? And then it's like external approval of others or external or material things. And you kind of like, you think or... Sometimes the world tells us that that'll fill that fill that gap too, like in terms of marketing and, and commercialism and all that kind of stuff. And then tell us a little bit about when that starts changing. Then, so obviously, I know you've mentioned already you you go you go to treatment. So, kind of when when does that take place? And then I suppose what's it like to enter a situation where people are now putting the mirror in front of your face to try and find answers here rather than jumping away from it or jumping into a bookies or online or kind of however however you were doing things for for the previous period of time yeah i guess the lead up to the to the treatment center when i asked for help alan was, was, was you know it was a dark time like it was it, it was all online at that time you know i i i had given the perception to people like that i was that i was off gambling you know for 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 years like but, uh, so you would stop going to the bookies and stuff, like in terms of like I'm not in there, so I'm not gambling. Is that what was going on? More or less, it would have been like ninety percent will say online, and you know maybe a small bit in bookies, but they they wouldn't be local. I didn't mind driving, you know, miles to kind of different bookies where they wouldn't know me, and I guess I just started isolating more. You know, I wasn't I wasn't meeting with my friends. Um, it was just it was just me alone at home with a phone a charger, you know, a tablet, a laptop and just me and the, me and the bookmaker, you know, in front of me and, uh, you know, I, I guess I was scared of myself like with the, with the amounts of money and, and, um, you know, people I was getting involved with then and like I was afraid for my family and afraid for myself and I, I had no control over myself. I didn't know how far I could take this and, you know, I, I, I completely scared myself, you know, and I, I asked for help. I asked for help. I went into a treatment centre, usually me going somewhere because because my self-work was so low, Alan, I I would research it to the last, you know, so I'd have okay. kind of um, practised, you know, conversations and, you know, what was going to be ahead of me, like, so I'd kind of know and not look stupid. But I, I never did that with the treatment centre. I went in totally blind and kind of totally open-minded. Like, um, you know, I said, what's the worst that can happen, like? You know, um, you know, maybe I'll get better. And went in there, yeah. When when the mirror was put in front of my face, I found it very hard to to speak about things, you know, because I I had suppressed them for you know such a a long period of time. You know, it took me a couple of weeks. Um, but once once that started to come out, like it was, you know, it was like a waterfall, like it was like a a release valve, and. You know, there was stuff you'd be you'd be afraid to tell people because, you know, the stuff you do in your addiction like is 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 horrible. But you know, you're you're waiting for people to be shocked, and they're not. You know, because they can identify with it. They've probably done it. You know, or done similar. And I suppose there's an aspect of relief in that. And you know, then you, I suppose, start to dig deeper in, you know, why you did that, and 
why why you react, do you know, why you react and feel the way you did. Do you know, I was do you know, me against the world. I was resentful against every everybody, do you know, angry with everybody and you know, I learned who Martin was like if maybe if I was never an addiction like a, I mightn't have learned that, do you know? I'm I'm do you know, so I'm I'm glad for it in a way, do you know. That's um I got to know who Martin was and I'm I'm still getting to know him, do you know? I went into a treatment centre Alan at thirty years of age, like and emotionally I was probably twelve years of age. Do you know? I okay. I didn't really know how to feel. I I disconnected with my feelings, you know, for so long that mm-hmm. it was just really high and low, do you know, there was no kind of happy, sad, you know, I couldn't really pinpoint what they were, what they were. Yeah, so that, uh, like, I mean, what you've described there, Martin, is, is so powerful and like to say, like to say things like learning who Martin was or like, and like basically like learning about like yourself and I said looking in that mirror and then also staying looking in it and not running away from it. Like, it must have been such a, I mean, it must have been quite a, powerful experience to be in the treatment centre but like also then to be fair like it also must have been like was it overwhelming at times was it scary at times like was it a you mentioned the kind of the release and the buzz like I'm sure it's just unlocking all sorts of stuff that just comes spinning out of you during that are you in there for like 12 is it 12 weeks 10 weeks kind of what's the period of time you're in there for yeah I was in there I was in there for 12 weeks well it's a 12, 12 week program Alan I, I actually okay. stayed for five months um I wanted to keep keep working you know and I I applied to stay and there was no there was no issue you know they allowed allowed me to stay and work on myself and it can get overwhelming you know it's very heavy you know talking about yourself and talking about your feelings and your behaviours always you know it's all you 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 it's 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 selfish enough but um, you know a lot of learning is I found I was in there for the Chetland Festival like that would have been my my heaven like you know I found that week very very difficult I cried for two full days um, you know mad stuff like you know a grown man like I don't know when the last time I would have cried was like you know I just kind of always held it together you know because that's what you're supposed to do Maria like and you know I cried for two full days I couldn't stop it was, it was crazy what was going like? What do you think was going on there within yourself? Like, what caused that kind of surge of emotion and feeling at that particular time? Uh, it was just the powerlessness of 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 uh, of like you know not being able to. I suppose not. I didn't know what was going on. You know, i i'd followed I'd followed these horses like all, all their all their lives really, and i mm. I had felt uh, I'd formed a connection with them. You know that I knew them inside out and. Um. You know, just I suppose reality hit like that. This isn't what life is about. You know, there's more to life. Like, and I suppose realizing how powerless I was, you know, in my life that that you know this gambling, this addiction had had full control over me. Like, and you know that was it. I was trying to just fight my way out of it inside there. Then, yeah, like, and obviously, like you clearly were, and then like to make that decision as well, McMartin, to extend the stay and kind of like really like get into the probably what was the next layer or the next level of the body of work that you felt you needed to do or that needed to happen and it was to loop back to kind of to that point then like you mentioned kind of learning who Martin was and like sometimes when people say some of that stuff like it's like you know I, I learned who Alan was and you learned who Martin was but kind of could you give us kind of a bit of insight as to kind of what you learned about yourself during that window like as you kind of had that time to reflect to be supported as you were being helped um what kind of did you learn about yourself like as you start trying to build 
you mentioned self-worth earlier, like self-love, self-care, all those kind of things. They're kind of concepts that we can leave in the air and they kind of sound a bit like, you know, wishy-washy out there. But kind of what were you learning then at that point? Like what sticks to you from that time? Um, I, I guess I I lived full of fear all my life, Alan. Um, you know, from a very young age. <clears throat> and um, I felt inferior to everyone, really. Do you know that everybody was better than me and um, constantly comparing myself to, to other people and, you know, what they had and what I didn't have, you know, rather than concentrating on, you know, what I had and, um, you know, like I did a lot of bad things in, in, in addiction, but, you know, I, I, I know like that I am a good person, you know, and I'm kind and caring and, you know, and probably everybody that goes through addiction is, you know, like we're probably really sensitive people, but, um, I just learned, you know, that I was, I'm a good person, you know, it, 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 like it was this addiction, you know, not, 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 uh, you know, throwing that card, like, you know, the, you know, passing the blame or anything like that, like, you know, I, I take full responsibility for everything I did, like, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the consequences, you know, suffer the consequences, but, um, you know, I, I guess I learned, you know, what triggered me as well over a period of time, you know. Um, you know, certain moments in life can trigger you, like, and bring you straight back to being that, that, inf you know, full of fear child. And I guess my awareness, you know, really grew around that. And when you're aware of something and, and, and understand it, then, you know, you can take steps to, like, better yourself in, do in those situations. It, you know, it's very easy to, it's very easy to, I suppose, begin to fix something when you understand why, you know, whereas I never did. I just, I just reacted you know, before, whereas now I'm kind of proactive in my, in my, in my steps. No, it's like, it's, there's such power in that. And like, it, you know, it makes me think of like, like in my life, my day-to-day -day work, Martin, like well, I would often try and like help athletes and coaches and teams develop like self-awareness. And again, it's one of those phrases, you know, you keep it like, it can be in the clouds and kind of everyone says, yeah, well, you, you have it or you don't or whatever. But like, these are all skills that can be developed. And like, as, as you're talking there, I think of like, there's a little triangle that I, al I always use and it's just like thoughts, feelings, actions. And it's like, you know, what am I thinking? How does that make me feel? And then like, basically what action am I going to take? Cause like, that's the kind of the choice bit as you, as you kind of get better at that, at that triangle. And like, when I listen to you describe there, like sometimes like, you know, obviously an addiction and if we don't have self-awareness, like we kind of react without even realizing like the reaction happens. Um, but then it, it sounds like that time gives you an opportunity to kind of get more in tune with what's going on inside your head. Then in terms of your heart, your soul, what you're feeling, and then it gives you kind of more power where you actually start getting ahead of things or getting to choose better decisions that are going to help you move forward rather than maybe pre-treatment pre where you're making decisions or taking actions that throw you back into the, the roller coaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I'm not, I'm not, um, claim to be perfect, you know, I still react to situations, but I, you know, I, I kind of see them for what they are now. And I'd, I'd say, you know, like, why did that happen? Why did you do that? You know, I can, I can kind of, uh, you know, address it. No, I'm aware of it. Whereas I was totally unaware of it before. Like that awareness that you're developing, like it obviously, as that develops over those five months, like, is that giving you like, obviously you said self-worth as well, but like, is that giving you a sense of like more of like, 
if it's control or if it's optimism in terms of because ultimately you're in this five months man you've been dealing with chaos in your life like you've been dealing with all sorts of shit and it's like as the five months starts winding down like you know you have to re-enter into the the world which is a back you're kind of back into an uncontrolled environment whereas i suppose in therapy or in treatment like it is somewhat a controlled environment to try and like build up the skills to build up the awareness like to help equip you for life and for the real world again where are you at mentally then as you kind of start getting ready to to step back outside into like into Kerry, into your home into your town into your friends into your family and like work or whatever it was towards like the end of that five months what's going on there at that point i suppose a small bit of fear you know uh, like in fairness you're in a bubble inside there you know there's there's no phone you know no no tv like um like you don't know what's going on in the world like you're you're working on yourself really you know and you're 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 with people who are working on themselves and you're all kind of working together it's it's you know we can all identify with each other and um you're going out into the big bad world then you know i've changed but the world hasn't changed you know so it's it's um yeah, it's a bit of a scary one. Do you know, like the first day I came home, I remember um, the Kerry Hurlers were actually coming home from a training camp. So the three lads from my club, Lixna, called to the host, you know, and again, it was it was another awkward conversation because I was after spending five months talking about myself and and I didn't know what had happened in the last five months here in Lixna, Kerry. And um, I said to myself after that conversation, oh God, I'm after being institutionalised here. But, um, you know, that was just, that was just my head, you know. Yeah, you're trying to process it and catch up and like actually find the pace of life and your pace again. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I must say I'm, I'm extremely lucky, you know, I've, I had superb support when I came out, you know, between my family and my friends, you know, they were, you know, they couldn't have been better. Like, you know, people like to see you doing well, you know, people don't want to, to see you, um, you know, suffer at all. It, I guess I I found that hard to see in addiction. You know, I I felt people kind of always had an agenda or something. You know, there's something behind it. But that was just my kind of stinking thinking, I'll call it. But, you know, people like to see you doing well. It, it, you know, and I'm very lucky, like, with, with, with my family and my friends, you know, they're, they're, they're a great support network. And, you know, my, my, my girlfriend now at the moment and, um, you know, my... my fellow members in Gamblers Anonymous, you know, they're, they're, you know, there's great power in them rooms and, you know, great knowledge and great help. In terms of, so like, a lot of that stuff, Martin, that you've described is kind of helps, I was going to say get you well or kind of put the pieces, excuse me, put the pieces of the puzzle back together enough that you can kind of go back out like into the world and kind of start living your life again. What's, what's it like then? So you kind of have those, let's call them like the, some basic skills or you kind of have that kind of that foundation put back together and it, what's it like then as you know the world starts throwing curveballs is there challenges setbacks kind of what's different for you in that period of time maybe as to previously when you you are struggling I guess the one big difference Alan would be communication uh, whenever anything happened before I would just try and deal with it on my own or just suppress it you know forget about it yes no like I'm not immune to problems and stresses of life, you know. Uh, but I can speak about them, you know. I'm I'm not afraid of today. I I see it. I I used to see it as a weakness, you know. I used to see all these things as weaknesses, but everybody goes through stuff, you know. You have to, and you can't deal with everything on your own, you know. So 
I guess communication and and connection with people would would be the would be the two things. Connection with people, you know, just you know picking up the phone or even you know if you meet them, just saying it to them. You know, it's uh, you know there's great power in 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 just speaking about it. You know, it it takes a weight off your shoulders. You know, I know it's a cliche, like, but it it there is huge relief in it, like. No, and like most times when there's a, it's a cliche, like it's usually a cliche because it's probably true, you know, and like it makes me think as well, like earlier parts of my journey when I went to the GPA and like we kind of entered similar ways and got similar supports, like you kind of feel like, especially I think as a young male, especially I think if sports involved, that like you kind of feel like any articulation is like, is a weakness you mentioned earlier. And like, I remember thinking that like, if I told my family and friends that like this stuff would like destroy the relationship or they wouldn't want to know me, but kind of as you start those tough conversations, like the connection grows and comes stronger and actually the relationships often become better um, and more supportive and more empowering. And sometimes along the way too, you might lose one or two people who, you know, do pull back or do bounce the other way. Um, and that's kind of, but that's part of it because it's kind of committing to, the relationships and the people around you. And I think you said communication and connection. I think they're two like really important things that help, I suppose, get well, but also stay well, I think would be fair to say. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I guess I had to change a lot of things, you know, like, uh, you know, people, places, things, you know, like the the people I hung around with, you know, um, regarding horse racing, especially, you know, I just had to cut them off like from my own, for my own benefit, you know, I had to be selfish about it. You know, places I went, you know, obviously not bookies like and and kind of places I I'd associate with gambling and you know just the things I did like I I had to kind of change my routine. You know, I I obviously did that going going back to college and and you know I had the GA. You know, the GA is a big one as well. Um, you know, great for routine. Like uh, routine is a big one for me. You know, I I feel. You know, if I'm off or you know, if I've if I've loads of time, I'm I'm I don't know, it raises my anxiety or something. You know, I like to be I like to be doing something. I like to have a have a routine set. Structure. Yeah, structure. Yeah, I think it's very important to me. Uh, like when on the GA side of it, Martin, like when you were say when you were in the treatment centre, and then obviously when you come out of it and you, you re-engage with, with if it was with your club or if it was with Kerry, like did people like did your teammates kind of know what was going on or why you'd kind of been missing an action and where you'd been or did you kind of like was there a, did you feel like it was going to be a stigma or a worry in your head about going back into a changing room into that kind of male environment like what was the kind of lay of the land there when you when you kind of tried to re reintegrate with with Harlan. Uh, there was a small worry, right? You know, um, you could kind of see lads kind of, kind of walking on eggshells around you a small bit, you know, regarding if there was if there was a mention of odds or a horse or something, you know, in the dressing room, because it's 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 normal talk, it's in the culture, no, you know, um, you know, if it's mentioned, they'll kind of look over at you, like see how you're reacting to it, you know. So you're you're hyper aware of this of this situation, but no, I must say, like my 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 teammates were very good, you know. Um, um, I guess like they, I kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, really. And to be honest, with you. like this, when I when I contacted the 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 member of staff from the GPA, like I was I was in the treatment centre within, I think four to five days, and I I told my mother, I told my father, my sister, and my club manager and my county manager. That was it. And I said, don't don't tell anyone no until I'm gone. Like I didn't I didn't want. Uh, you know, people texting me like kind of feeling sorry for me. Do you know? Of course. 
but they all moved in like and there was you know I I constant letters coming in like to the treatment centre to me like the, you know I was like a celebrity inside there they were all kind of looking like who's this fella you know so like it just shows you know what what friends you have and how good they are when you're when you're in a place like that yeah and I think the other thing I wanted to like to touch upon it because kind of you, you mentioned they're like so friends and they step up and kind of some of that connection and communication improves and then just by kind of having better relationships on a day to day can help like alleviate or help you kind of manage some of the some stress avoid some triggers kind of deal with some challenges or setbacks and then but also I want to touch upon like in terms of the gamblers anonymous in terms of something that you know like and investing in something that helps you stay well, you know, and kind of keeping yourself uh, in check and kind of talk. I think someone I know would would describe it as, yeah, I just go in for a top up. Like it's just kind of maintenance. Um, is that is that something, like is Gamblers Anonymous still like a regular experience for you? Is that something you still do in terms of your upkeep of well-being? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Religiously. Um, you yeah. know, it's my maintenance, really. It's my medicine. Yes. Um, you know, it's a wonderful program. Like you're, Like it's... <laughs> Like one fella describes it as, you know, a load of gamblers with gambling problems going into a room. Like, how does that work? Do you know, but it's 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 powerful. Like, it's powerful. Do you know, it's 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 a great avenue to have. Um, you know, you can go in and talk about anything. You know, it's 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 you know, it's brilliant. I couldn't speak highly enough of it. It, you know, there's there's a wealth of experience in 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 my local gamblers anonymous, and you know. I like helping people, you know, in there as well. One thing I found, Alan, that's, that's um, you know, when people, I suppose, hear about your gambling problem, you know, they'll they'll come to you and say, you know, I went through this, like, it it, it, it kind of opens up a, a different conversation, whereas you wouldn't have, I wouldn't have heard it before, you know. I didn't know that, you know, person A struggled with this or person B struggled with this. But they kind of come to you, you know, and I guess they can... You know, confide in you, and you know it, it opens up a different conversation. You know, and you know, I found like I'm not on social media or anything like because I get lost in that now as well. So I'd, that was something that I, I another kind of step I took um, when I came out of treatment. You know, just get off all social media. Um, but you know, I get random phone calls or texts like that. That that. You know, such and such person is in trouble. You know, will you would you be able to talk to them? Like, and I'd I'd have no issue with that. You know, I'd take a phone call or messages if they want, or meet up for a cup of coffee. And um, you know, if they're struggling with gambling, and like I like helping them, but they're helping me as well. I don't think they see that. You know, like they're helping me, and like there's a lot of it out there, Alan. You know, and it's just that like there is. There is avenues and steps, like there is a way out, you know, no matter how far you've gone, you know, you're still alive, like you can still, you can still turn it around. Like, but I describe myself as a walking miracle, like, because I couldn't stay away from a bit for an hour, like, and now I'm over two and a half years without a bit, you know. How do, how does that make you feel when you say that, Martin, to be able to, I know it's like you don't want to get bogged down the numbers and like it's an all I'm sure it's an ongoing thing and it's every day and I like I, I totally appreciate that but for you to be sitting here today and be able to just throw out that kind of almost like nonchalantly like two and a half years like how does that make you feel like what does that mean to you I'm proud of myself because of it yeah I'm proud of myself um it's mad it's mad like when I look back as as you know when I was in active addiction like it's like a different person you know and like when I speak to my girlfriend about it no you know like we'd have conversations about this and she didn't really know me, you know, back then. Like we knew of each other, but um, 
she can't believe like that I was like that. You know, she's she struggles to get get her head around that that I was that kind of person. You know, like my mother and sister um, say that everyone should go to this treatment centre because it just transforms you. <laughs> no, I think that it's just always again. I know, like going back to the very start of our conversation, Martin. Like we could have a three-hour conversation about all the bad stuff that you did or all the bets that you lost and kind of all the chaos that surrounds like compulsive gambling and gambling addiction. And it's like, I think it's always so important and more important to talk about the journey out of it. And also to, like to say, like, it's not like it's a clean journey that you enter in one door and within months, like you leave out the other side, it's all goes well and rainbows and like sunshine. Like I'm sure there's, you said like there's days there where you're, like holding back tears where I'm sure like you want to punch the bed, punch the pillow. Like you're going through all that range of emotions. Like it is important to acknowledge that it's recovery and like getting support and getting help. Like it can be tough, but that like the, you can also get through that, you know, like you've people get through so much and that like services like that are in place to help someone get out the other side and to be in a place like you are today. And like, it makes me think about and what I was going to ask you, Martin, was like, you know, you say you get a call now or you get to sit down and talk to people who maybe are struggling or someone said, would you talk to um, whoever, like person X or whatever? Like kind of what, when, it, when in those conversations, when you sit down with someone for the first time, like what's a flavor of kind of like what you want them to leave knowing or like what's that? Like what are those conversations like to be in for you? I feel the identification like to just, just changes, changes the conversation, you know, like when they start telling you, you know, what they've done and you know, like they're waiting for the shocked face as well. Like, and I'm I, I, you know, I'm probably there nodding and saying, I know, I know. Yeah. You know, I did that too. I did that too. There's, there's huge relief in it. Like, and like, I probably don't see it myself, but like people see, you know, see if you're doing well, you know, they can, you know, they can see by you and like, they can see that it works and, you know, like they might want a bit of that, you know, it's there for everyone. You know, it's there for everyone. And like, I know it's easy to say that. Like, I knew I, I knew I had an issue for a long time. Like, and I, and I, you know, I just wasn't ready. You know, maybe it's not some people's time, but you know, it, like, it will be at some stage. It will be at some stage. Like, as you said, my, my life has totally turned around. You know, I like today. I'm a, you know, I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a student. You know, I'm a hurler. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Martin. Like, you know, I can be there for people. Like, I was never there before unless I was trying to con someone or manipulate them. You know. Yeah. Actually, what makes me think about Martin as you're talking there too is that like, you know, when you sit down with someone and like a kind of two words came to mind is like, like acceptance and like compassion. Like when you're sitting down with someone, like I've been in your shoes and I know what that feels. Cause I think if it's a, if it's a mental health thing, if it's an addiction thing, like usually the person who's sitting down has been beating themselves up for months, if not years anyway. And then sometimes it's easy to like load up or I know when people if it's someone close to you, like you can then want to vent your frustrations at that person and vent your experiences of it. And that's all, I suppose both things can be true, but then like the, the actual getting to help and recovery is like having someone who can actually relate, like empathize um, and just like accept what you're saying without kind of judgment, give compassion. And then basically just like help nudge someone forward into like the health services then or the, like the, the treatment services. And I think, to have people like yourself who they may just be that might just be a cup of coffee in your day or someone else is meeting you for an hour but kind of being able to be that catalyst for change is is so powerful as just like as a just a, like a normal human in your day-to-day life to be able to do that and then also like to that point like I hope and I'm pretty like 
I know that this conversation today when we put this out there will do that in some small way for others because and I say that with confidence because every time you've released them from a different player with a slightly like everyone experiences different but also like there's similarities in them all like it helps people like it helps people find find support it helps people reach out for help um, I just think to have people like yourself Martin just to be able to open up and just talk about it quite casually like we have today like I really I really appreciate it and I suppose I was just going to ask you kind of before I pivot off it like just in terms of anyone that is listening to this that is struggling um, what kind of advice you would have for them or if there was just anything in particular you would like to say you know people would be, could be listening to this driving the car they could be sitting out with headphones directly in their ears like if you had something or 30 seconds that you wanted to speak directly to those people like what would you say what comes to mind I think just break the link you know like just have that conversation you know have that conversation I know it did I know I'm making it sound easy, you know, it's a lot harder than that and, you know, I've been there, like, it is hard. Um, like, sometimes it's actually easier to tell a stranger, you know, like someone in your family, it's, it's really difficult, you know, or a friend, you know, it's, 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 it's hugely daunting. You know, maybe a, a, a manager or a coach or a teacher or, you know, someone at work. Um, you know, there's, there, there's huge relief in it and you, and you never know where it's going to go. You know, you never know where that ripple effect will go. Like, and and it it could change your life. You know, it, there is a good life out there. You know, and everyone deserves it. Really, you know, every, everyone deserves one. No, you said you said it, it can change your life. I think it's important to like to repeat that because it can. And I mean, ultimately, I'm fortunate to be talking to you today because like it has changed your life. I can see like when you're talking about some of the stuff as we're talking, like smiles break out on your faces, like to feel pride in yourself having come from a place that you have. And I just really want to acknowledge that, Martin, you know, and like at the end, before and after this chat, like I'll put in the numbers for the GPAs. It, like um, Helpline will also put in for, uh, I'll put in other services as well, just for anyone that is listening that wants to learn more, that wants to kind of get a better understanding or also just know what kind of supports, supports are out there. Um, but I really appreciate kind of, you opening up and kind of sharing your journey um, sharing your experiences with us because I just think it's just so powerful I just feel very grateful to have had the conversation with you in regards to that Thanks Alan Thank you um, Before I let you go I was going to um, you mentioned a little while ago kind of like liking structure and liking purpose and I was just kind of going to ask you like in terms of I know you were you were busy with the club this year you lost the county final I think right? We did We did Not to bring up not to bring up bad news towards the end Um and I suppose, look at like, and I think like when you go through kind of what we've been talking about, Martin, like all joking aside, like you kind of learn that like it helps put sport in perspective and kind of, you know, there's wins and losses, there's happiness and sadness and frustration, disappointment. And I hope that kind of, I'm, I'm pretty sure your relationship with sport is probably different to what it was maybe five years ago. What is it actually? I shouldn't, I shouldn't presume. Is it different? Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. I really enjoyed this year, Alan. I know, I know we were beaten in the county final. Um, like the county final this year were probably two teams that wouldn't have been expected to be there anyway, you know, so maybe we overachieved, but when you get there, you want to win. Yeah, of course. But we we had Barry Hennessy training us this year. Um, I loved it. I loved it, yeah. It, it was a great journey. I'm kind of able to stand back as well now and kind of watch how the young fellas are getting on and, you know, watch them developing. And uh, I think we all enjoyed it this year. It was just an enjoyable year, you know. And Brilliant. We're just back. We went back training last week for the North Korea Championship. Now, so that'll be played over the next month. And um, I think we really formed a connection as a team this year. 
uh, which which had been missing maybe during COVID and stuff. So there was a lot of young guys, you know, coming into the scene or set up and, you know, we weren't allowed to use dressing rooms or anything like that. There was no kind of uh, connection formed. There was kind of a little, you know, there was always kind of a wedge in between us. But it was it was a lot better this year. I know we didn't go all the way, but we definitely, um, we definitely went on a good journey and, and developed as a team and, and as individuals, I think. Yeah, and it sounds like you were able to like experience kind of some of the joy and the connection of sport, but also I definitely pick up again. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Or that like you felt comfortable being yourself in that training room and with your t- with the team and kind of being Martin as a as a leader or just as a teammate and kind of trying to be a more like that kind of positive figure for others. Is that kind of what's going on there in your life as well at the moment? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I guess I'm playing with a long time now. Like you know, I, I, I've kind of been there done that most things but um, yeah you know it's great to be I suppose probably one of the leaders in the club you know and even though we've a lot of them you know we're we're, we're blessed with a lot of them to be fair um, you know and we've great great young fellas coming up so you know hopefully we'll 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 get back to another one and, and get over the line and on the county side, Martin, like I don't, I think this year you, you weren't involved with the panel this year but I know like you've you've been heavily involved with carry hurlers for probably the large majority of your of your adult life I think um, kind of what how did the decision to come about to kind of step away and then kind of from yourself in terms of an individual is that something that you'd be keen to explore again or kind of are you ready to kind of move on to the next chapter kind of what's going on in, in that part of your life now yeah uh, my my last year with the carry hurlers was we're in 23 now so 22 season uh, with Stephen Lumphy with us um, enjoyed that as well, Alan, because him he was coming from the army set up like so the 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 routine was there, you know, so it suited me down to the ground. Like you could you could have the the next six months planned out, you know, and it wouldn't change unless unless there was maybe a, you know a, a funeral or a wedding or something like that, you know, something um, significant, like yeah, something significant, yeah. you know. So so really enjoyed that, but I was going to. I was going to UL then in, in in September, and I knew I needed to put a hundred percent into that. Like, and gotcha. I I I wasn't going to be able to put a hundred percent into the 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 hurling intercounty level. Um, like I still could have done it probably at maybe seventy eighty. Like, but um, that wouldn't line up with my values now. And you know, I'm either kind of all in or 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 I'm out. Um, but then I I got involved with the carry minor hurlers. Uh, as a goalkeeping coach and kind of a, I suppose puck out strategies and that and oh. you know it was something new for me I've I've actually never got involved here in the local club underage um, so it was something different drawn. I was out of my comfort zone but I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it and I think I'm back in again this year or next year sorry so yeah that was something different you know so that was a that was another step on my journey I think yeah, it must be nice, like, because what it sounds like, Martin, obviously, is you, you've done the body of work you have and you piece it back together and, you know, you try and push forward in your life. But you also then find yourself with times where, like, you kind of have enough about you and actually have energy or to give to other things, like to do what you're talking about there, like in terms of coaching with another team and kind of been able to be present and involved in something that you want to be um, rather than maybe, you know, closing the door or burying yourself in a dark corner trying to hide from the world you're actually able to find the pockets of space where you can show up as Martin and like contribute and ultimately like be your authentic self in 
and that's in like your, your, your UL is probably another variation of that too. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of, does it feel like you're living life maybe on a little more on your terms now? It does. It does. It feels like I'm living on, on my terms and it feels like I'm actually living life as it's supposed to be lived, like a normal person, you know, if I can quote unquote normal person, whatever that is. But, <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's a far cry from where, you know, where I was living before. It's, it's, you know, the world is my oyster, you know, there's like, I've, I, I've rode in front of me, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm going straight down that road. How does it make you feel like like thinking about that like feel and then I suppose feeling that hope and that kind of optimism to look forward and maybe you don't fully know where it's going to take you but to be excited and maybe looking forward to travelling down that path? Yeah, it's exciting. You just said it there. It's it's exciting. I don't know where, like I don't know where I'm going to end up. Do you know, I'm I'm, I, I'm obviously very passionate about the addiction side and I, I, I really feel I'm going to get involved in that kind of side of work. Like, Post college, you know, but um, maybe something else will grab me in the meantime. You know, there might be one module in college there that 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 I just fall in love with and want to go down that uh, that avenue as well. But um, it's definitely going to be working with people and people that are struggling, and you know, you know, helping them get out of that. And I think that like no money can buy that. No, I think that's to be honest with you, man. I think that's like the perfect note to end on um like i just want to thank you again for this whole conversation that we've had um i really appreciate you sharing your journey and i'm, I'm excited for you in terms of getting to live life on your terms but also i know and i mean just genuinely martin of like the amount of people you will impact on a day-to-day by just being yourself now having yes having the life experience you have but as you add to that and grow and find yourself in environments where you basically get to shine as yourself and be yourself and to be able to kind of be a little lighthouse or shine a light for someone who's maybe feeling that darkness surrounded by it. It's such a powerful thing and I feel very grateful that people like you are out in the world doing that and want to do that and show for others because it just genuinely helps make the world a better place. And I think that's such a, it's such a great thing to be able to say and to hear someone describe doing. So I just want to say thank you again. You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. I'm delighted to do it. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of The Player's Voice. I have so much admiration and respect for Martin Stackpool, and I truly believe that this conversation will impact so many. Once again, I just want to remind you that if you are a GPA member and are living in the Republic of Ireland and worried about problem gambling, you can call 1-800-989285 or you can text GPA to 50808. From Northern Ireland, please call 0800-044. 5059 or text GPA to 85258. If you aren't a GPA member and need support, please check out gamblersanonymous.ie or problemgambling.ie. The Player's Voice is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Docs. To listen to previous episodes with the likes of Tom Parsons, Ashling Marr, Louise Galvin or Neil McManus, make sure to subscribe to the podcast by searching The Player's Voice on whatever platform you prefer. Don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's Bio360 program by visiting bio360.gaelicplayers.com. And finally, if you want to find out more about me or my work as a performance and wellbeing consultant, please go to www.realtalks.e. Thanks for listening. Listener.